Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. Before we get into our Bible study for today, Mon, we have another clue for our quiz. Mm-hmm. So this is a what book am I quiz. Mm-hmm. This is clue number three. Paul wrote this letter while in chains for preaching the gospel. Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, cool. So if you know what book this is, what book did Paul write while he was in chains preaching the gospel, for preaching the gospel, give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And we'll send you the prize. We're going to send you a Malvinas CD. We just interviewed Malvinas and her husband, Blake, and we even played one of her songs. So it was a wonderful interview. And if you'd like to get her album, just give me a call. Tell me the right answer to the book question. Okie dokie. And we are still studying Matthew 24 and 25, the second longest sermon ever recorded by Jesus in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and we are in 25, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13. No, we're not going to begin in verse 13. We're going to a little bit further. Um, let's start in verse 14. We've, verse 13 is really part of the 10 virgins, so we'll start in verse 14. Why don't you read us a few verses there, Mon? Matthew 25, verse 14 says... Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Keep going. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and a bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portions to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Yeah, keep going. (laughs) The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more bags of silver. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I can give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid to lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given to them, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, that's a pretty full-on story. That's a really cool full-on story. (laughs) Yeah, I just just got uh, engrossed in the story as you were reading it there. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and listen to the whole story. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good story. Read it right through. It's a parable, (laughs) of course, that Jesus tells. Now, Mon, my question is this. What what parable were we we studying yesterday? We were looking at the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. Okay, and what was the critical issue in yesterday? 
yesterday's study. That they were all actually the church, but half of them had let their relationship with Jesus peter out, as it were. And they'd run out of the Holy Spirit. They'd run out of the Holy Spirit and they weren't saved. They were lost. And what time period was this particular prophecy focused on? That was focused at the end of time. Okay, now this prophecy, tell me, what relationship does this prophecy have to the previous one? Huh, well, they're both about the <coughs> – both the parables start with saying <coughs> – excuse, <coughs> excuse me. Both of them start with the kingdom of heaven, you know, can be illustrated like this. Okay. And, of course, the first one starts, you know, then shall the kingdom of heaven. So we know that these are both parables that are about the end of time. In other words, they're about our time. So they're both very relevant to us today. Mm-hmm. And the issue in the parable of the ten virgins is the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes – into your life mm-hmm. uh, and fills you, what does the Holy Spirit give you? Uh, wisdom, guidance, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Talents. Oh, <laughs> talents. Yes. Go over to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Because there is a very, very definite connection between these two parables, and there's a reason why Jesus told them side by side. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start in verse 4. Which chapter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Might 12? Be 12. Yeah, How did guess. you guess? Well, <laughs> I'm a Bible student. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start in verse 4 and read down through to for me to <clears throat> verse 11. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so does everybody have the same gift? No, I mean, very clearly it just said they're all different kinds of stuff and everybody gets something new. And what's your gift? What's your primary gift? Because I think some people have lots of gifts, as the parable pointed out to us. You know, some people have, um, some people have five, and some people have two, and some people have have one. Ten, yeah. But I think everybody has one that's sort of like a primary gift. What's your What's your gift? I don't think I have a particular primary gift, but I'm, I, I, I have recently actually identified that I have the gift of, gift of hospitality. Oh, absolutely. No question. I was going to yeah. say, of course, that's your primary gift. How do you get yeah, What are you really being vague about know. it for? You know what your <laughs> gifts are. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I think sometimes we can sort of be aware of it, but not really be aware of it. But um, I did Airbnb for over a year and it really sort of brought it sharply into my focus. That this yeah, is you got what? Awarded. Um, Four times super host. Super host. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in in one year. That's that's yeah. um, four times over. I think that is very <laughs> clearly re- re- revealing what your uh, gift is. Yeah, and it, and it uses many of my my personality and character traits. It brings like everything in. And it sort of uses them also. Mm. It's something I enjoy doing and I can do it well. And I praise God for that gift. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Okay, sorry. So we're going to come back and talk about those gifts in more detail later. Here's what we have. Mm-hmm. The parable of the ten virgins is all about receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The parable of the talents is what the Holy Spirit then gives you. Mm-hmm. Because one thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit is another thing actually to have the gifts of the Spirit. And so um, while the first parable is like, yes, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the second one is, okay, when the Holy Spirit comes in, and in many ways the second one reveals and gives us some clues as to how it was that the foolish virgins lost the Holy Spirit, how they ran out of oil. You know, these were Spirit-filled Christians, but they ran out of oil, and the key to it is, in as we find in the parable of the talents, is that they weren't using their gifts. They were burying them. They were burying their gifts. Okay, so let's go back to Matthew 25. Let's look at some of the passages that we've got here, work our way through it. <clears throat> All right, so the first person he comes along to, in this particular parable, he gives how many gifts? Five, five bags of silver. Okay, and why, how does he choose how many gifts he's going to give each person? Let me see. Does it say anything about how he discerns? It does. Okay. Uh, Oh, he divides it in proportion to their abilities. Verse 15. Okay. So that means that if you're a person who has lots of abilities, God will give you lots of gifts. And if a person has few abilities, then God's going to give you hardly anything. No. I, no, <laughs> I have. A, I've got Mon here. She's looking at me like, ah, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm struggling I, here. Oh, ah. I have a little poster on my wall, and it says, "It is not our abilities that make us who we are; it is our choices who make us who we are." So these mm. servants have chosen to invest it. I think they all have the ability to invest; they just don't do it. Okay. We're going to be back in just a moment. I'm going to show you something amazing from this verse right here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so Miss Multitasker over there who's doing your knitting. <laughs> Crochet. Crocheting. On, I was just, I'm just, I'm just I'm wool and it's... Fine, call it knitting. It's <laughs> Whatever. fine. It's like when a guy says a, a, you wear a nice dress but you're actually just wearing a skirt and you're like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference? Yes. <laughs> it's okay. You can call it knitting. I am sitting here making a blanket, but go on. All right, so... Um, Notice what it says here. Read, read me that verse again. Read me that verse again. Verse 15. Mm-hmm. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Okay, so he divides it in a proportion to their abilities. You know what the assumption there is that we automatically make? What? The assumption we automatically come to is that if somebody has more abilities, God gives them more gifts. Okay, I can see how you can get to that assumption. That's a natural assumption. Mm-hmm. A, you, you, when you read that, it's like, because if you were a business person mm-hmm. and you were handing out money and you were looking at, okay, I want my employees to invest my money, the employees that have the most abilities, you would give the most money to, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that would be a natural assumption. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't actually say that though, does it? No. This is what the okay. You got to notice sometimes what the Bible doesn't say. The Bible does not say that the people with the most abilities got the most gifts. That's true. It just says that he divided them up according to their abilities. Mm-hmm. And so, what I believe is taking place here, and this is my personal opinion, 
So whenever you hear me say, I believe, that's my personal opinion. When you say, hear me say the Bible says, then uh, there's no debate. Yep, okay. Okay, so my personal opinion here is that God gives more gifts to people who have less abilities. Really? Absolutely. Why? Why? Because they he gives them according to need. Okay. And people who have less abilities have more need. That's fair enough. And people who have lots of abilities like, hey, you've got lots of ability, go use it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, true, yeah. And the gifts of the Spirit, you know, this is a supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit uh, to give us gifts. And I see just amazing things, you know, where God gives people uh, uh, gifts. You know, the couple that we just had in here, um, Malvinus and Blake, both of them coming from vastly different backgrounds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, both of them coming from a position where um, they had tremendous need mm-hmm. um, and have been given incredible gifts. Yeah. Just phenomenal gifts by the Holy Spirit to be able to go and do God's work. Yeah, I can see that. And so this is this is what I see is taking place here in the parable. And I think I think that uh, you know some people might read the parable and say, "Hey, I don't have a whole lot of ability. Um, therefore God's not going to give me very much." No, God's going to give you a lot. Mm. That's what God is all about doing. God is all about empowering you for ministry. It's not you who gets to decide what gifts those are. So you can't put up your hand and say, hey, I want the gift of preaching or hey, I want the gift of tongues or hey, I want the gift of hospitality, whatever it might be. The Bible says, in, as we read in 1 Corinthians, that it is the Holy Spirit who decides what gifts you get. How do you, how do you find out what gifts you have? Yeah, there's a great question. And I think that a lot of the time, if you're unsure, I think most of the time if you spend some time in prayer and meditation... Um, asking God that question, it's going to become pretty clear to you what your gifts are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you're not sure, even after having done so, then I think the next thing you should do is ask people are close to you, what are my spiritual gifts? Mm -hmm. Because if you'd have come to me and said, what are my spiritual gifts? I could have told you 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Have I known you 10 years? I've known you 11 years. Yeah, I think we met in 2008, no, 9. Yeah, I could have told you back then what your Mm -hmm. spiritual gift was. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and there wouldn't have been any question about it. I would have just gone, yeah, mon, hospitality, plain and simple and straightforward. And, uh, um, you know, that's that's really mm-hmm. quite um, quite obvious. Whereas you might have been like, oh, I don't know. And a lot of people, I, I find a lot of people are a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important that you find out what your spiritual gifts are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was a young Christian, I didn't know what my spiritual gifts were and somebody told me. Mm-hmm. In fact, somebody was talking. Some a close friend of mine was talking about their spiritual gifts, and you know, I have, and, and he was saying, "Look, I have the gift of teaching," and I'm like, "Yeah, I have the gift of teaching." Uh-huh. I just, it just was like, bang! It was a switch in my mind, and I knew exactly right then and there exactly the spiritual gift that God had given me. And I've been teaching the Bible ever since. In fact, I was teaching the Bible before that, um, but I, it was just like God spoke to me and said, "This is your gift." Go use this gift, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is why I love to get on the radio here and teach the Bible. That's what God has called me to do. Amen. Right. So we uh, work our way down through this particular parable. And in the last parable, the problem was that there was a group who went to sleep. Yeah. And they lost the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Here you've got another parable. How many of the people in this parable receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit? 100% of them. All of them receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, all of the people in this parable are spirit 
filled Christians. Yeah, I mean, it was just like the the uh, the ten virgins. They all had lamps and they all started with oil. Okay, so they was they they had the word of God and they had the Holy Spirit. They were spirit filled Christians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you come down to the end of this particular parable. What happens to the man who buries his talent in the ground? Who buries the gift of the Holy the gift that the Holy Spirit has given him in the ground, so to speak? He no, does nothing with it. In other words, God comes to him, God fills him with His Spirit, and God bestows upon him uh, a spiritual gift. What happens to this person? It actually, sounds kind of scary because um, you know he says, you know, take it, take the uh, take the money from him, um, and then throw him out. But not just throw him out, but throw him out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, he's lost. Yeah, he's lost. Uh, when the Bible speaks about weeping and gnashing of teeth, if you go back to Matthew chapter 15, is it 13? Uh, Matthew chapter 13, um, the Bible describes what this weeping and gnashing of teeth is. Why don't you read for us verse 37 through 42. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. So he's talking about a parable here. There's a parable of the, of the wheat and the weeds. A parable of a farmer who planted wheat and that night an enemy came along and sowed his field with weeds. Mm-hmm. The field is the world and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angel. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so here you've got this parable where the weeds in the end of the parable are separated from the wheat Mm -hmm. and are burned in the fire. The Bible says that this is talking about what happens at the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a, there's a number of subjects that come up here immediately. First of all, the Bible is telling you very, very clearly here when it is that hellfire takes place. Hellfire is not burning right now. That's right. The Bible says, uh, The field is the world, the good seed of the children of the, uh, of the wicked one. Uh, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest, the harvest is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. As therefore the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. So the Bible is crystal clear about when hellfire takes place. Well, Have we got any questions on that? That makes sense. I mean, what kind of a gardener, like when they've started planting their garden, goes, oh, when I harvest, I'm going to have to burn these weeds, um, you know, so let me start the fire now. <laughs> that's, that's and then work, like months it? later, oh, I'm still going to keep this fire burning because, you know, in a couple of months I'm going to harvest and then I'm going to burn my weeds. Like, yeah. yeah. It would be a bit freaky if people were being burned around us all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the same way that it would be kind of pointless to start. Has anybody ever weeded their garden by burning the weeds? No, you Not weed. when you've got good food yeah. already in there. Yeah, you're you not going to weed your garden by burning the weeds because you're going to burn everything. You don't set your garden bit on fire. First you have to <laughs> first you harvest everything and then you you know you separate them out then. That's right. And then you have your stubble fire. And then you and then you get rid of your, what what you've pulled out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got this parable here. It's very, very clear about when hellfire takes place. And imagine if hellfire was burning right now, as Mon said, and you've got people who, you know, they just rejected God back in the time of Adam and have been burning for six thousand years longer than the greatest monsters that we have alive today. Mm, terrifying. That is not a God of justice. That is not a God of fairness. Um, that is not a God that the Bible depicts. The Bible is crystal clear. Hellfire is not burning right now. It is something that will be taking place in the future. Mm-hmm. However, 
within this parable, we do find that the place where weeping and gnashing of teeth takes place is hellfire. Indeed. Well, that's very interesting. We are going to have a quick song break and we're going to come back to it. I'm really enjoying this study, actually, Lyle. Um, weeping and gnashing of teeth and hellfire and talents and yeah, virgins. Yeah, when, you, when we talk about the, 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 the um, talents, you didn't know we're going there, but it's casting crowns. Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him Casting crowns, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You're listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. We are in the middle of our encounter with God. We are talking about the parable of the ten... No, we're not. We're talking about the parable of the yeah. three... Servants with their talents. Yeah. Yeah, we're using the talent parable. 
Um, Ten Virgins was yesterday. Yeah, that's right. It was a great study, but we are doing the talents at the moment here in uh, Matthew chapter 25. You can follow along with 20 million other people who are doing this study today. Yes. And we're all studying about the uh, the talents and um, you can get a copy of the booklet, actually, the one that you, we use to follow along. Uh, you just jump online and look up for the, what is it called? Uh, it's called Preparing for the End Time. Preparation for the End Time. Preparation for the End Time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, moving on with what we were talking about. We were talking about yesterday how that in the parable of the ten virgins, you had ten virgins. Mm-hmm. Virgins are a symbol of God's church, pure God's church, pure God's pure church. Um, they were all they all had lamps, symbol of the word of God. They were all had their Bibles, and they were all they all had oil. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but some of them ran out. And so we were noticing how that you can be a spirit-filled Christian, but if you run out of the Holy Spirit, you can lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says that the bridegroom came, he went into the marriage, the door was shut, and afterward those other virgins came who had you know been running around trying to buy oil from somewhere else, and they're banging on the door and they're saying, let us in, let us in. It's like, I don't know you, who are you? I'm not letting you in. The door mm-hmm. was closed, it was too late, probation had cl- it was, it was over. They wanted to be saved but they hadn't made the preparation to be saved because they had lost, they had, they had slept away their uh, connection with God. They had lost that connection with God and they became lost. And so the Bible is very, very clear. You can go from being a saved person from being a lost to being a lost person. And it's really not like, you know, oh, I'm going to run out and go be a bad person and like, you know, do drugs and kill people. It can really just be a matter of prioritizing. Like, just slipping away from God. They yeah. just, the, 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 the virgins here just slept it away. They still knew their Bibles, mm-hmm. inside out, back to front and upside down, mm-hmm. uh, but they just let it slip away. Yep. Now, as we continue on here, we find that in um, Matthew chapter 25, we find that we have this parable of the talents. And so the virgins is all about the Holy Spirit being given to you. And then the talents is all about what the Holy Spirit does when he comes into your life. He gives you gifts. Mm -hmm. And so we find three individuals this time. Each one of them is a spirit-filled Christian who has received gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Are they all saved? No. What happens to the one who does nothing with his gift? Well, he's chucked into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, teeth which we just learnt is um, hellfire. hellfire. Same place as hellfire. Yeah, so he's lost. Absolutely. So this is rather sobering. It's something that we all still should stop and think about. Just because you are a follower of Jesus today mm-hmm. does not mean, does not give you a guarantee of salvation and that that, that salvation can never be taken from you. That's right. You can, well, not that it's taken from you as much as you walk away from it. Mm-hmm. God will never take away your power of choice. He will never violate your, your power of choice. Your assurance is not found in the decision you made to follow Jesus a long time ago. It's found in the decision that you made to have Jesus in your life today. And your assurance tomorrow will be found in your decision to have Jesus in your life that you make tomorrow. That's where assurance is. You know, all these parables actually make me quite astounded that anyone could ever believe, you know, that when we are saved once, we are forever saved. Like, clearly not. You know, all these people were once saved, but they let go of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Spirit-filled Christian right here who um, had one of these gifts right up until the time that the, uh, that, that, that the master re- re- returned, still had the gift. 
Mm-hmm. Still had it, had done nothing with it, and because he had done nothing with it, he was lost. And you know, having having these gifts and knowing what these gifts are, and I truly do believe that you need to spend time with God in order to find out what your gifts are, and um, you know, and listen to the advice of of, of uh, God fearing people. But knowing what your spiritual gifts are often helps you understand your purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, and having a purpose changes your life. So many people, you know, are, are killing themselves because of. Uh, Lack of purpose, just this purposelessness, aimlessness. There's no meaning to life for them. Mm-hmm. But when you honor a God and when you understand that He's given you special talent, special gifts, um, you know, skills that He wants you to use uh, to to help Him enlarge the kingdom. That man, just it's like being given a secret mission. Like you're suddenly like James Bond. You got something to do, and you got a you know something to do with your life. Like it's incredible. Indeed, it is. Absolutely. Okay, so you've got we've all got gifts. Let's get out there and let's use those gifts to the glory and honor of God. And of course, you know, the most powerful gift, the greatest gift that God has given to us as human beings is the power of choice. Yeah, it's true. Why would God take away that gift just because we gave our lives to him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't God give us leave allow us to keep the greatest of all the gifts? if we give our lives to him, the power of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, without the power of choice, it is, it is impossible to love. And if we, if we, you know, if God was to remove your power of choice the moment you gave your life to him so it was impossible for you to be lost, then you'd never be able to experience love. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a terrible, terrible doctrine about what it teaches about the character of God. If you've got some thoughts on it, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or shoot us a message on Facebook. But it is a uh, it is such an important uh, um message that we have right here. Did you want to talk about the quiz again? Yeah, we missed giving a clue. So um, if you're finished with the study, let's do the clue, shall we? I've got lots more I can talk about the study, but uh, throw the clue in there and if we've got time for some more, I'll throw in a few more tidbits as well. Sure. Okay, so what book am I quiz? And there's a quote from this book, the Bible, obviously. Um, in the Bi- In this book, it says in the Bible, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, in humility consider your... Sorry, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. And also, this book only has four chapters. Mm. So, you know what book that is? Give us a call, 1 800 Faith FM. A book with four chapters that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Having preached. This is actually a, um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting little. Um, no, I should probably shouldn't start talking about it. <laughs> You're going to end up giving it away. <laughs> I'll do it by accident. Yeah, you will. You I will. will do it by accident. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit of an obscure. Clue. Although that last clue, that last clue, if you do a bit of quick searching, a, a quick bit of flicking through your pages, you will have the answer to that last one mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there. Okay, so where were we? Matthew 25, we were talking about the talents, and particularly this person with this one talent who did not lose his talent mm-hmm. until the end. Yeah. And so he still had that talent, that gift that God, and this tells us something about the gifts that God gives to us is that God doesn't necessarily take those gifts away from us Mm. just because we're not using them because he is longing for us to get out there and to start using those gifts to his glory and honor and he leaves us with those gifts. And so often what happens is that when people walk away from God, they then use the gifts that God has given them to do terrible things. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, you know, this whole doctrine of once saved, always saved, there's something else I wanted to talk about because often I've been studying the Bible with somebody 
and you find something in the Bible that people come across that is a sin. Mm-hmm. And it's a sin that they like. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to stop doing it. And they become a bit sad when you show them that this is actually something that, you know, according to the Bible, you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be destructive to you. It's going to be destructive to people around you. So you shouldn't be doing it. And then there's been so many times when they've come back to him and they've said, well, I've chosen to continue doing it. And, and you say, well, why would you turn away from God? And it's like, well, no, I haven't turned away from God. He's given me salvation. I can't lose it. So why should I obey? Oh, that's horrifying. It is. Mm. It is. It's just a really, really horrifying uh, doctrine that uh, this once saved, always saved doctrine. So anyway, give us a call if you've got some thoughts. We're going to listen to Jaden Levick, What a Friend.
Jaden Levick with What a Friend We Have in Jesus here on the Faith FM Network. We have a question that's come in from a listener and it relates to Hellfire, Mon. We were talking about that a little bit during uh, the parable of the uh, talents. Yes, the weeping and gnashing of teeth. And somebody says, if Hellfire is not already burning and if it does not burn forever, why does the Bible say in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, the devil that deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever? Mm. Good question. Okay, so here in the Bible it seems to indicate that it's going forever and ever. Indeed. And yet elsewhere in the Bible, in fact in many places in the Bible, the Bible says that hellfire will turn the wicked into ash and that it would go out. And the question is why would God want to preserve evil forever and ever? Why would he want to preserve pain and suffering and tears forever and ever? When just across the page the Bible says there's coming a time when there will be no more pain, suffering or tears. Mm. So these seem to be great contradictions in the Bible until you understand something which is an important principle of understanding the Bible about how the Bible is written. So often we apply meanings to words that did not exist at the time that those words were coined. Mm -hmm. In fact, we don't even always apply the meaning forever in the same way that it is used today. For instance, if you are standing outside waiting for somebody to pick you up and it is raining and it's cold and it's miserable and it's freezing and they turn up and you jump in the car, you're like, oh man, I've been standing there forever. Yeah, yeah. You haven't, Mm -hmm. you've been there three minutes. That's right, yeah. Okay, so the word forever in the Bible means until it is finished. Mm -hmm. And I could show you 56 different places in the Bible where it has that meaning, including Jonah who was swallowed by the fish and went into its stomach forever. Which was three, three days. days. <laughs> yeah. um, Probably felt Samuel, like forever. Samuel, who was uh, to live at the temple forever, except that we know he retired to Ramah. Mm-hmm. Uh, forever simply remains until it is finished. So the context is going to tell you whether this forever is eternity. Mm-hmm. If you link forever with immortality, obviously that's eternity. Mm-hmm. Or if it is until it's finished. So let's read the context, shall we? Yeah. Verse 9, previous verse. And they went up on the surface of the earth, this is the wicked, surrounded the camp of the saints about in the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The context is being devoured. Now, if anybody's ever confused over what the word devour means, Mm -hmm. then let me help you. Oh, yeah? I like apple pie. (laughs) Send one to Faith FM, and on air I will publicly demonstrate what the word devour means. It does not mean preserve. 
Indeed. Thank you so much for uh, filling us in and answering our question of the day. If you have a question of the day, you can actually contact us at any time throughout the day and uh, we can save it up and answer it live on air. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. You can even message it to us on uh, Facebook. We are called Faith FM Australia and uh, our producers will find your questions that you've messaged through and uh, give it to us and we will answer them live on air. You can even message it to our um, email address if you don't have Facebook like me. Uh, faithfm.com.au is our website and uh, you will find our contact information on there and you can just email your questions in. We would love to have your questions. If we think it's a wonderful question, we might even send you a little gift. And speaking of gifts, I have the last clue for our quiz today it's a what book am i quiz the clue is in chapter 4 and verse 13 paul boasts that he can do all things through christ who gives him strength and this book precedes the book of colossians if you know what book that is if you know the answer to our quiz give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 today we have a malvinus cd album going as the prize I go to Townsville Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on Saturday at 9.30 for Sabbath School Kids Program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. The light I want to show is how you 
Welcome back to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. That was Melissa Otto, Light as a Bird, a wonderful album. Um, But today we – do you know what, listener? I'm not even going to lie. I've been abandoned. Lyle has left me here by myself to say goodbye. It's not that bad. I am actually very jealous of Lyle. He has run to the doctor because he is getting shots because he gets to go to the Congo. Oh, man, I would love to go to the Congo. Actually, do you know what? I'm taking donations. If anyone wants to pay my way to, <laughs> to go to Congo, just give me a call and uh, donate now. <laughs> Lyle will be preaching a series over in Congo in Africa, and uh, he needs to get his shots, which I'm hoping is going to be really painful so I can laugh at him t- <laughs> next week when he comes into the uh, studio all bruised up from his African sh- shots. I don't know what kind of shots he's getting, maybe like a flu shot or a tetanus shot or something. Who knows? Anyway... We have come to my favourite part of the show and it is our free giveaway. So whip your phone out and uh, be the first person to call me on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843 and we are giving away a book. It's actually the same book as yesterday. Uh, We have multiple copies of it and I just thought, do you know what? This book is so relevant to what we've been studying. Um, We've been doing our encounter with God and we've been learning about, you know, the parable of the ten virgins and the parable of the talents and uh, just knowing that... The, that God has given us talents. God has given each of us talents. And I know that this can be confusing sometimes. I wonder if you're thinking right now, well, what's my talent? If I've been given a talent, what is it? Well, if you call me now, I will send you a book. It's called 10 Days of Prayers and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you stay connected to God, when you have the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life, He will guide you. He can let you know what your talents are, what the gifts that you've been given are, and you can have a happier and more fulfilled life uh, using your gifts, using your talents for God. So the back of the book says, um, this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, also called the infilling and anointing, can be and should be experienced by every Christian today. So every Christian's face so many Christians face life without realizing the full potential of this vital power. Pastor Smith shares it in an easy to read yet scholarly fashion the role of the Holy Spirit, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our battle with the enemy of God and his people. The teaching of this book will make it possible for you to develop a truly meaningful, consistent, and powerful life in the Spirit. Watch your life totally change as these principles are put into use in your life during the 10 days of devotion and prayer this book will lead you into. You will find during the 10 days that the 10 days that follow your with your with your relationship with God will go deeper and richer. If you want a copy of this book, give me a call 1-800-FAITH-FM. As ever, as ever we've loved having you along for the show. And uh, stay tuned. We've got some more great programming. We'll be back Monday morning after the 7 o'clock news. This world is a wicked place Filled with snares for our fallen race So this day we seek your grace to raise our child 